Have you ever considered going into mission work? Mission work is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be a part of, yet it's not an easy life. It's difficult, it's strenuous, and oftentimes discouraging. Tonight, we dive into scripture in this continuation of the series resolution on the idea of what it looks like to go into mission work. Right now, and if you are going to shop for a TV, you are not going to shop for a TV that is 720, uh, you're not going to go shop for a TV that's 1080. No, as a matter of fact, um, if you're normal, if you don't want to spend ridiculous amounts of money, you are going to go buy a 4K TV. Why? Because when you get your large TV that's 4K, the image is the clearest you can get. Um, I think they make a few 8K TVs right now. Yes, they're insanely expensive. So most people are just going to go buy a casual 4K TV. Amelia and I got one last year, and it has been truly life-changing to our lives. Um, we love our 4K um, TV, and if you've purchased one in the last three years, you've probably bought a 4K TV. Um, and like I was saying, uh, if you weren't at EU uh, this past weekend, like I said a moment ago, you missed out. Um, because it was a really awesome thing that we got to study. The whole idea was this, uh, this idea of mission work, and there were a ton of missionaries there. And while you might be sitting there, if you're there, like, man, I, I don't know um, if those missionaries fully apply to my life uh, in like my everyday life, um, which is unusual for you, by the way. Normally, it's like an everyday application. It was still an awesome thing to get to be there and see so many people from around the world who had the goal of serving Christ. And like I was saying a moment ago, uh, tonight we are going to expand past our personal self, expand past our friends groups, expand past the local church, and look at the idea of, of what it means to go to the world. Um, it was brought up at EU, and, and over and over again, and like I said, if you were there, I hope you don't feel like this is like, man, I hate this. <laughs> you were there, you enjoyed it, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. It was brought up at EU, hey, there are a whole lot of people, Colt brought it up a minute ago, that have no idea who Jesus is. Someone used the illustration, Matt Cook used the illustration, 98% of the people in the world will recognize Coke. Like if you like hold up Coke, a bottle of Coke, 98% of people in the world will be like, oh yes, Coca-Cola, that's what we're going to drink, uh, and it was awesome. He pointed out though that 34% of the world don't know who Jesus, have never heard of Jesus, and over 60% of the world, uh, like if they've heard of him, have no idea who he is, and are very against religion. Tonight I want us to discuss this beautiful idea of what it looks like to reach out to the world. The verses that we go to when it comes to reaching out to the world are, are, are pretty basic. If, if you've been in church your whole life, you've read them over and over again, they're things that you've seen over and over again, they're, they're common. But here's the thing, is I can guarantee uh, that, that even if you feel like, hey, I've heard these a lot, um, I've heard these lessons over and over again, I've read the Great Commission a hundred times, um, I can guarantee that I have probably read it 
or maybe not read it. You might read it every day. But I can guarantee that I've heard a lesson on it probably more than you have. Um, just based on my age and the fact I grew up uh, going to church all my life. I then went to a Christian school where it got taught every day. Then I went to college and was an active part of a campus ministry. And now I'm a youth minister. It's not like I'm not getting um, an abundance of lessons on the Great Commission. But for some reason, I don't know what it is about the passage, every time I read it, not only does it start a fire inside of me, not only does it inspire me, but what I find is like, like even in preparation for this lesson, I was like, oh, there's something I had really never thought about before uh, personally. And so what I keep on discovering is that it doesn't matter how many times I read the Great Commission, and if you're sitting here like, okay, we're gonna be in Matthew 28, great, another lesson about this. Hopefully we can find things or you can hear something and tonight when we read Matthew chapter 28 that is going to, to be new for you that can maybe stand out to you in a different way. So good, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. Um, we're going to read a few, a few of these verses, just the simple ones, just two. Um, we're not going to get into grave detail tonight. Uh, I would love to, but for time's sake, we're not going to be able to. These are some of the final words um, that Jesus commands. And we're going to get to read, as I said, that Jesus commands. These are some of the final words he says on earth before ascending into heaven. Uh, starting in verse, that was a voice cry. Starting in verse 19, um, which is where we see it, we read, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, notice the grammar in there. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. How are we going to do it? By baptizing them. So there it says baptism is the way you're going to make the disciples. Um, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we read this verse. And there's a good chance that you've seen this verse before, and you've read this verse before, and you're like, that's a neat verse. That's, that's a challenging verse for me every single day. And it starts out, Jesus says, by the way, I have all the power. All the authority that's ever been around has been given to me. Then he's going to start his command with the idea of go. Now, this is probably something you've heard brought up before. It's like, like when people are doing lessons over this, this is the idea of like, yes, go to the world. Have you read it? And it says go. Here's the thing that I was sitting here and I was studying for it. Um, and I was like, all right, what is this? Let's dig deeper to this idea. So I pulled up my trusty eSword LT app, which has all the Greek definitions of each word. Um, and so the original language um, has a few meanings. These are the meanings that Jesus would have been referencing when he was teaching this idea. The original Phrasing that Jesus was using meant to traverse, to depart, to take a journey. See, God created this entire planet. Let's be fair, he created a lot more than planet Earth. Uh, and what is his commandment to us? The one thing that he says to do is see this whole planet I created. He says, go throughout the world, traverse throughout the world, depart from where you are, take a journey, all these different type of thing Jesus is going to bring up in this challenge of go into the world. And if you're anything like I would have been in high school right now, when you hear these words and it's like, ooh, it's saying traverse, depart, and go into the world, 
to, to journey. If you're anything like me in high school, you're probably thinking two things right now. Uh, maybe you're only thinking one of these, but if I was in your shoes, I would have been thinking two. Um, one of the things I would have been thinking, and maybe you're thinking it right now, is should I go into mission work? Does this say that I should one day go into mission work? Is, is this what this idea of Jesus is preaching? Matthew chapter 28, is this something that I want to do in my life? And to be fair, um, down the road, I still wonder if this is something I need to be doing. And, and like this weekend at EU, and as I was studying for this lesson, my constant mindset was, man, is that a call to me to one day deep in the future? Um, because I love all of you and I don't ever want to leave you guys. Um, but is that something where deep in the future when I'm old, um, and you guys are also old, would that be a thing where I would say, maybe I need to go into mission work? The other thing you might be sitting here thinking that I would have been thinking when I was in high school is you're a moron. I'm a teenager. I can't go anywhere right now. Why are we having a lesson over things that are impossible for me to apply in my life? And I wanted us to have this class for a few reasons tonight um, because I want you to have that first thought that I just brought up, that thought of being a missionary. I want you to sit here and think maybe I should be a missionary one day. Maybe one day I should go out into the rest of the world and yeah, it's not comfortable. You think about missionaries who are going throughout things in their, their day-to-day life. Maybe they're in a third world country. Maybe they, they don't even live in a house. Maybe they're sitting in a place where they're not legally allowed to be teaching about Jesus. Maybe they're the only Christians in a place with like a hundred miles till the next church and they just feel lonely it's miserable at points yet it's beautiful and tonight i want you to try to imagine yourself in mission work maybe you've never done that before maybe you've never taken the time to sit there or maybe even had the thought to sit there and be like what would i look like in mission work whether it's mission work in the united states or like outside of the bible belt because like like you go to new york or California or did I hear someone say Michigan? Did you say Michigan? Any place outside of the Bible Belt, it's like, whoa, they need uh, the church badly. They need mission work. Latin America, Europe, maybe it's um, the Middle East, Asia, Australia, which save the koalas right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, But like, where would you personally be a missionary? And I want to, in a sort of weird way, in just a second, I want you to close your eyes and not even... I don't know if you guys like to daydream. I'm a big-time daydreamer. Um, and so, like, like there were points when I'll be driving along in my car, and I'll just be like, ah. Like, and I'll build an entire scenario. And I'll get, like, home, and it's like, man, I really wish I had, like, another 45 minutes on this drive. Don't listen to it. Just sit there and enjoy daydreaming about, like, these dreams I have. I have huge dreams. None of them ever make sense. But I have huge dreams. I'm, I'm designing a theme park right now because I have these dreams. Um, but maybe for just a minute. I want you to take time and and go into daydreaming mode and kind of envision where you would be doing mission work. Where you would go if if, if you were to say, yes, I'm going to be a missionary. Yeah, I'm going to go out to the world. What is the location? What is the country? What is the state? What is the place that you would say, yes, I'm going to go be a missionary here? I'm going to give us one minute. I want you to to close your eyes or focus somewhere in the room. Um, and, and in a minute, I'm just gonna continue on with class. But I want you to think for a moment, we'll discuss it more in your discussion groups, where you 
would want to do mission work. So go ahead and take a minute and imagine that for just a second. I would love to hear what all of you are thinking right now. If we had time, I would love to go around this room and be like, where are they thinking? I sat here and, and it's weird, I daydreamed about like, what would it be like to go to the Northeast and just pour my heart into like Rhode Island or Maine or Vermont or somewhere like that, a place that is essentially without churches and just give my all to help a church there grow. Um, what I don't want you to sit here and feel like, though, is that by me teaching this class right now, by, by this conversation, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, if you want to be a Christian, if, if you want to, to follow Jesus, you have to go be a missionary somewhere. But what I am saying is, if you decide, like, hey, that's a life I want to follow, there's not a single person who would look at you and be like, that's pathetic. Every single person would look at you and say, wow, that is a beautiful admirable thing that you are doing that you're directly following the call of Jesus to go somewhere and teach people about Jesus now here's the thing I don't want you to sit here and be like okay well I'm not going to be a preacher or a preacher's wife so I'm not going to go do that think about this you don't have to be a preacher or a preacher's wife in order to be a missionary being a missionary somewhere could be as simple as saying okay that's a place where the church is weak I'm going to move there and 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 be an active part of a church that's trying to grow. And everywhere I go, I'm just going with the mission of being an evangelist. People don't know me there. I don't have any close relationships there yet. But my goal is to go there and all my relationships <laughs> I build, the people I know are going to be with the goal of saving souls. One of these days in your life, when you're older and out of college, how seriously will we take this challenge of Jesus. Now here's the thing. Right now that's a challenge for down the road. I think it's almost an irrelevant topic if we don't sit here and discuss the other thought that I would have had in high school that you probably had as we are having this class of, okay, I'm in high school. I can't go anywhere right now. I'm still living with my parents. What I want us to do is I want us to go back and look at the definition of the Greek word to go. So it, it was to traverse to the part right here, right here, right? So to traverse to depart, to take a journey. Now, traverse means to travel across or through. Depart means to leave, especially to start a journey. So it kind of goes together. So how do these two words apply to right now? When you're sitting in school day to day, when, when you're living um, the life of a high schooler student. Now, what I want to do, and like I said, you're going to get more time for this in your discussion groups in just a minute. And what I'm about to go through is going to sound like cheesy and cliche, but I want you to bear with me because I think it can apply to us in a way um, 
that we can grow uh, and just think about our lives, hopefully in a different way. But when is the last time you traversed the lunchroom to someone who was sitting there by themselves or sitting there with another person and they're just like those who aren't super included in the thing? Someone you knew had no idea about Jesus you knew really was clueless on who Jesus was, or you knew they were struggling spiritually. You knew they were someone who, even if they knew who Jesus was, they, they were not in a place they needed to be spiritually. When's the last time you traversed or traveled across a social class? Like, like if you're sitting there and you're like, hey, I'm the cool kid or I'm the nerd, and uh, there's things in between. Um, but and you were like, you know what? There's someone who needs Jesus, and I'm going to go step across that social line that seems so socially normal and reach out to that person who you know needs Jesus. When was the last time you departed, remember that word departed, that was included, your comfort zone for Jesus? When was the last time you departed everything that was, anything you had ever known with friend groups or, or family members to stand up for Jesus in a situation. Here's the thing, as we can sit here and discuss mission work all day long and discuss this idea of go, 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 but mission work is right here. It's all over the globe. It's everywhere. Mission work is an active part of who we should be every single day of our lives. And so when we sit here and have this conversation of, yes, I'm going to be a missionary one day, or no, I'm not going to be a missionary one day. Are you kidding me? That's that's an insane commitment. It, it, it's not necessarily that. It's what are you doing right now as a high schooler or a middle schooler in Columbia, Tennessee, in the United States of America to follow this commandment of Jesus to go into all the world. Because, yeah, we can talk about the local church, and I'm excited to talk about how the local church is going to grow, but we can sit here and talk about the local church and, and, and how we can be a better local church. But in reality, what are we doing to reach outside to the people who aren't Christians? Because, yes, it's great to grow as a church. It's great to have more Christians join our body. But how much greater would it be if we had a baptism a week? A, a baptism of somebody... Who, who was not necessarily a teenager or not necessarily someone who had grown up in church, but of somebody who is just now finding out who Jesus is. Why is it such a, a controversy in our mind or, or an abnormal thing for that type of thing to take place? When Jesus so clearly says, hey, by the way, your mission is to do what? Go into all the world. The words Jesus gives us are pretty simple. It's to go and make disciples. But acting on it is so much more difficult. So what makes the sharing of the gospel easier? It says in verse, in verse 20, And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, it's a beautiful idea uh, that Jesus is going to be with us. For us, it's like, like, I think it's kind of sad because it's like, oh, yes, Jesus will be with me. But it should be like, yeah, Jesus is going to be with me till the end of the age. Like, let's go. That's an exciting thing. Um, and, and I think, like, the coolest thing to think about is that we're not working for Jesus in this situation. 
Because a lot of times we can maybe fall guilty to be like, yeah, I'm going to go work for Jesus today, and, and I'm going to do this for him. And in reality, it's this idea of working alongside or with Jesus, right? That's what it says. Behold, I am with you always. You are together, yourself and Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9, Paul points out like, hey, we are God's fellow workers. Not, hey, I'm going to work for God. We're his fellow workers. It's a side-by-side thing. When Jesus says, I'm going to be with you, he gives us a lot of things. He gives us protection because we're never out of his sight or supervision. He gives us power because we fulfill this great command uh, when we work in his name. He gives us peace because it always reminds us that the church belongs to Jesus. It's his church and his work. How then can we worry? And it made me think, in, in like talking about the church belonging to him, and until our study last week, I had never really thought about this. If you remember our study, and if you don't remember it, go check out the podcast. I sent it out earlier today. You can listen to last week's. Um, but Jesus says, I've never thought about this passage in the context when he says, I'll be with you always. But we last week studied about how Jesus is the bride, or was the bride, or the church was the bride of Christ, right? Um, and so I thought about this, and as I was studying this after studying for last week, it made me think about it in a whole new level. Because I don't know how many weddings you've been to, but I don't know if it, during the wedding vows, the people stand there and they're going through their vows, and it's always like, like I will be with you forever, and we're never going to depart. That you know the whole spiel that you go through in your wedding vows. Um, it's mentioned that they're going to stay together forever, and that's a part of the vow. The church is the bride, the bride of Christ. If we, as the members of the church, make that that commitment to Jesus, and we say, yes, I'm a member of the church, therefore we are a part of the bride of Christ, and in a marriage, the husband and wife say, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to stay together forever. At what point do we realize that the church and Jesus are forever together? And then when you sit there and you say, yes, I'm a part of the church, what's going to help you have Jesus by your side forever? Now, I'm not saying that Jesus isn't going to be actively working in your day-to-day life. What I'm saying is, is that where do you go? How do you help? How do you have Jesus walk alongside you every day? You let the church be there beside you. You let them be there and be your constant and your strength. And then your missions will grow strong. The theme verse from EU this year is the one uh, I want us to go to now to finish up this part of class tonight because I think if you weren't there, you need to hear it. Um, and it's a common verse as well. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We're going to flip over there. Um, but I think there's a challenge that if you were at EU, there was a challenge that it wasn't brought up that I think uh, I want to bring up tonight before we, just for a brief moment, we're not going to have a lot of time in our small groups, but I'm excited for them tonight. Um, Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. Um, we're going to read it. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues and and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord for the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I want to ask you this question. When we read those verses, what comes across your heart? Is the thing that comes across your heart, is it like, ooh, I don't love that. Like, like the church needs laborers. 
that's unfortunate, I don't want to be one, or does it spark a flame inside of you? Because what you should be hearing when we read this passage, it is not like a grape. Someone needs to go harvest and, and the, the farm, what's it say? The labor. Someone needs to go be a laborer. What we should be hearing is like, whoa, Jesus makes a great point here. There are not very many people who are like reaching out to the world around me. Um, like, you know what I need to do? I need to go be a laborer. I need to be somebody who's constantly reaching out. I need to be somebody who's ready to go on the mission. I need to be a worker for the kingdom. I need to be side by side with Jesus every single day because that will help everyone who is a part of the harvest to be saved. Tonight, what is your desire? Because I know that there are some of us in this room that are going to read this verse, and our desire is not to be a laborer. Our desire is to get through it, to sit back, relax, and enjoy the fruits of the labor of other people. But we don't necessarily have a desire. We don't get jacked up to say, you know what, I'm ready to be a laborer for the Lord. And I'm not often going to sit here and be negative. I'm not often going to sit here and like call people out. But if you're sitting here right now and you're like, yeah, I have no real excitement to, to like spread the message, you're probably in a dangerous place spiritually. If you're someone who cares about growing spiritually in your life and you're sitting there thinking like, ooh, that, that's me right now, this is a challenge that you need to take to heart to hopefully have a change of heart. And what Colton mentioned that stood out to him from EU, I think is the strongest way we can end tonight. Because souls are being lost every day because of a lack of contact with the blood <coughs> of Christ. Boom, baby. What are we going to do to prevent this from happening? What are we going to do to make sure that someday when that friend that you hang out with at lunch is 75 and they pass away, their soul is going to be in heaven? What type of example are we setting for the ones who are younger than us that when they get to your age, they're not going to get to high school and be like, yeah, the last thing I want to be involved in is worship. What are you doing? To prevent souls from dying either now or 80 years down the road or 50 years down the road, whatever it might be, from dying without the contact of the blood of Christ.